Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. to you that on the 27th of this month, over at the Starbright Theater, we're going to have a concert. Uh, Miss Ginger is going to be playing, and uh, I'll be singing as well as uh, Miss Athena. Uh, Murtis will be, uh, will be singing together, doing some duets, and that's one of the pieces that uh, I'll be singing, and it's, uh, it's an Italian piece, and uh, so... Uh, you'll have to come out and, and, uh, and listen to that because it really is a, quite a beautiful uh, piece of music. And uh, Miss Ginger plays it so well. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like you to <laughs> I'd like you to uh, turn in your Bibles uh, this morning to the book of Matthew as we continue our study in Matthew. Lessons for life, uh, forgiveness. Lessons for life, forgiveness. So beginning at uh, verse 15, we'll begin reading. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let it be to you like a heathen and tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king 
who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, and released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Let's pray. Lord, as we study your holy word today and as we look at the the wonderful gift of forgiveness. We pray that as your children, by your Holy Spirit, we would look deep, deep within our own hearts. We pray, Father, that we will in fact be children who forgive, like their Father in heaven, from the heart. Lord, we pray for this message today that our hearts will be opened and touched by your word and by your spirit, and that we would be honest with you and with ourselves. Empower us, Lord, illuminate us, lead and guide us, and help us to be those whose lives are characterized by forgiving, loving, compassionate, sharing your message of hope and forgiveness. We pray this this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we have a, a wonderful lesson for life here. The lesson of forgiveness. And uh, the Lord Jesus, he provides us with some biblical steps to take when attempting to restore a strained relationship. You know, I was uh, struggling, struggling with how to, to word that, you know. <laughs> so I, I came with the word strain, a strained relationship. <laughs> because... Um, If you've uh, lived for any length of time, and if you've been a church member for any length of time, you know that certain relationships can be strained, if you you will. (laughs) But Jesus uh, gives us 
the steps that we're to take in, in restoring strained relationships. So the first step, is, of course, is to follow the example of God the Father. And in this, uh, in this same chapter, uh, verses 10 uh, through, through 14, the last verse there, even so it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Or in other words, God cares about everyone. And a couple of weeks ago in a message we, we shared that every single individual is important to God. You are important to God. And from our hearts, we are to be willing to forgive one another. And everyone, as we'll look at here in a moment. But there are times when someone may say something or do something that uh, hurts your feelings. Now, um, a, a dear old friend of mine, he's gone home to be with the Lord now, Pastor Stanley Unruh, he would say, no one can hurt your feelings without your permission. <laughs> All right, so analyze that. No one can hurt your feelings without your permission. Well, Jesus says, if, uh, if someone hurts your feelings, someone offends you, actually, he says, if someone sins against you, and uh, you're offended, he says, well, you need to go and meet with the individual privately. It should be a private matter. That's the first thing. But... I think you would also agree that it should be bathed in prayer. You should pray about it first. And under the leadership of God the Holy Spirit, then go and meet with this person privately. Now, here's the caution, because I, uh, I put the word caution there. Gender issues. You shouldn't meet with a person of the other gender by yourself out of respect for that person and respect for yourself and just to ensure that um, no misunderstandings occur. And so I would caution you there. But Jesus also talks about the outcomes. So when you meet with an individual privately, the various outcomes, if, if things are resolved and the person agrees and they Apologize, whatever the case might be. Then he says, you, you've gained your brother. And this relationship has now been mended. But maybe the person doesn't agree. And so that relationship continues to be strained. He says, to take one or two others, that is, one or two other church members, those within your, your congregation, and they go together with you. The goal, remember that the goal is always reconciliation. And so what is it that they witness? Well, they witness to the attitude of the person who feels wronged and what their desired outcome is. And so they're witnessing that. They're also observing 
They're observing anything and everything that is said and agreed to, or perhaps disagreed to, between the parties. They should be there as silent witnesses, not pointing fingers or giving suggestions, etc. That's not their job. Their responsibility is to be there as a witness for both parties and to ensure that the individual who feels wronged isn't going there to point the finger at the other party. Because there's a lot of that that goes on and it does not help the situation. It makes the situation worse. People like to say, well, I just have to get this off of my chest, you know. I just, I've got to get this off of my chest. Well, get it off of your chest by yourself in your prayer closet with the Lord. <laughs> you follow? Yes. Get it off your chest there and lay it at the foot of the cross and ask whether or not you really do need to go and, and meet with this person or if you're just being selfish and childish and immature. Because you should have already forgiven the person in your heart before you even go to meet with them. That's the, that's the truth. But if the person still is rather unwilling, then, and only then, involve the church. Notice, involve the church only when it's necessary. Only when it's necessary. Because there are various courses of action that take place, and depending upon the severity of the situation, an individual may have to actually be asked to leave the church, and that would, that's tragic when that happens. Because the goal is always restoration, reconciliation. Jesus said he came to seek and to save, not to condemn. But so many people are bent on condemning others instead of just forgiving them. Now, here's an important promise, because a lot of people misuse this promise that Jesus made. You'll hear people say, well, you know, the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered, you know, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, you'll have it. Is that what that's saying? Notice the context, because Jesus goes on and then he gives this, this parable about this, this king and, and this servant who's indenting. It's all within the context of forgiveness and church discipline. What is he saying here? He's saying that in a situation like this, and you're seeking guidance, and you're seeking restoration and reconciliation, and the, the correct course of action to take, that when you are gathered together like this and pray, that he is there in the midst and he will guide and he will give direction. Because there may come a point in time when you might have to ask someone to leave your congregation. That is not, that is not a light decision to make. He goes on to say, let them be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. But there are various ways of looking at that. You'd say, oh, do they, 
They don't deserve church membership. Is that what he's saying? Or is he saying, consider that they may be spiritually blind. Spiritually blind, needing significant help to see, to see. And you need to deal with them mercifully as your Heavenly Father seeks the lost. See, it's easy to read into that, oh, a heathen and a tax collector. But remember, Matthew, the disciple who wrote this book here that we're studying, was a tax collector. And you remember the, uh, the message that Jesus taught about the proud religious leader? Oh, as he prayed, he said, oh, he prayed within himself. I'm so glad that you didn't make me like that guy. And who was he pointing to? He was pointing to the tax collector. I'm so glad you didn't make me like him. But what about the tax collector? He said he wouldn't so much as look up to heaven. He smote his breast and said, Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. I rather think that Jesus is saying, you need to understand that a person who refuses to be reconciled to his brother is acting like a heathen and a tax collector or one who needs mercy, who needs to be loved into making the right decision. Well, he goes on. He says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Now, over in, in ancient times, the Jewish rabbis taught that whenever ten Jewish men were together studying the Torah, the first five books of, of the Old Testament, or as the Hebrews refer to it, the Tanakh, the first grouping, the five books of the Torah, that when ten men gathered together, that the Shekinah, that is, the glory of God was present with them. That God's presence was there with them as they studied. And that is what Jesus is teaching us here. You see, because whether you're one or 2071, the Lord is present. And we mentioned this on Wednesday. You'll hear Christians say, Lord be with us. If they're a Christian, the Lord's with you already. You don't have to ask God to be with you. He's with you. You can read it in the last chapter in this, in this book, chapter 28, verse 20. He says, and lo, I am with you. What does he say? Always, even to the end of the age. God is with us. What we need to pray is, Lord, thank you for your presence in my life. Oh, that I would be more and more sensitive to your presence. And so, he moves on. And Peter comes up and he says, Well, now, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? <laughs> Why seven? 
You see, because the rabbinical standard at that time was three times. You were only required to, to, to forgive your brother three times. After three times, he was out of luck. Okay? Yes, that's, that, that's what their, their practice was. You, were, you could forgive him three times, you've done all that is necessary. So Peter, you know, he's thinking he's being real gracious. <laughs> Shall I forgive him seven times? And the Lord's response, 70 times, seven times. 490 times, is that what Jesus is saying? 490? No. The heavenly standard is an unlimited. We are to always forgive. As a child of God, as a Christian, as one who believes in God, you do not have the right to not forgive. And in case you didn't hear that, let me repeat that. As a child of God, as a Christian, you do not have the right to refuse to forgive. We are to forgive everyone for everything. You say, but what about... Yes, that too. <laughs> that too. We are always to be willing to forgive. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, and Father, we forgive those who trespass against us, right? But he said before that, Father, forgive us, right? Father, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then he went on to say, for if you're unwilling to forgive those who trespass against you, then your Father will not forgive you. Oh, and the scholars really like to debate that issue. The heavenly standard is to forgive. To forgive. An unforgiving heart raises the question of whether or not it is a forgiven heart. Listen to the two different words there. An unforgiving heart raises the question of whether or not it is a forgiven heart. You see, if you know Christ as your Savior, you've been forgiven, and that forgiveness is eternal forgiveness. We have been forgiven for all eternity. You can't lose that gift that God has given to you because you can't earn it. If you had to earn it, it wouldn't be a gift. And if you could lose it, then it wouldn't be eternal. There's a difference between eternal and temporary. A free gift and conditional. They're very different. You cannot lose the salvation that God gives you. It's a gift that is eternal. But, if you are one who finds it very easy to hold a grudge against someone, you better consider whether or not you really know the Lord as your Savior. And if you spend your days 
filled with anger and hate and malicious thoughts toward other people who have wronged you and you desire for them to be dealt with, so to speak, you better get down on your knees and ask the Lord to save you. Because there is the possibility that you have never been truly, genuinely saved. Forgiveness. Now notice, forgiveness bestowed. We read the, the story there. Now, 10,000 talents. Let me just give you a little information here. A denarius was a day's wage. This coin, denarius. A talent was worth around 6,000 denarii. One talent. Okay? The man owed 10,000 talents, which is equal to about 60 million days' wages. Can you imagine that debt? So let's just put it at about... $10 million. That's $10 million in that period of time. Suppose what it would be today, by today's standard. I can remember when, when an ounce of gold was less than $100 an ounce. Today it's about $2,000 an ounce. He owed him a lot of money. And in that period of time, a wife and children were considered property, and they could be sold to pay a debt. And don't let that surprise you, because when I was overseas, I was stationed in the country of Turkey, actually not too far from where those earthquakes uh, occurred. And that was back in the 70s. And they still practiced that there. Most people just don't realize how wonderful it is to live in the United States of America. Well, so this man is brought before the, the king, and they're going to settle accounts. He owes $10 million, let's say. So he falls down, and he, and he, begs, he begs for time to pay. And... The king is filled with compassion. He's touched. And he just forgives him. That's a huge amount to, to be forgiven. He just forgives him. And so, a beautiful example of, of grace. But moving on, He goes out and he finds one of his fellow servants, one of the other guys that he works with, who owes him a hundred denarii. That's about 50 bucks. He's just been forgiven for 10 million. And this guy 
owes him 50 bucks. And what does he do? Well, it says he, he grabs him by the neck. He takes him by the neck. And he's basically, you know, slapping him around, throwing him around, and pointing his finger in his face, and uh, throwing him down, and then he, he takes him and throws him into prison for 50 bucks. It's a despicable picture of cruelty and, and a lack of compassion. Now I'm going to share something that I heard just this morning. And how anyone can do this. So this, this small group is meeting in a particular church. And the leader of this particular group didn't like a certain ethnic group of people. And there was a lady in that group who could barely read. And every, every time they met, he would call on her to read. Just to embarrass her. Because she was of a particular ethnic group. And here he is the leader of this particular ministry in this church. I wonder if he was actually saved. He actually derived pleasure from doing that. There's something wrong with an individual who does that kind of thing. Because that certainly is not the spirit of Christ. No, that's the spirit of Antichrist. A despicable picture of cruelty and a lack of compassion. And notice there's always some, someone watching. The other servants saw what he did. They were aware of what the master had done for this man. The master had, had forgiven him $10 million, and here he was holding this other guy accountable for 50 This unforgiving heart results in severe consequences. It says here that when they went and told the master that he had this guy then brought back to him, and he rescinded that forgiveness that he had extended to him. He rescinded it. And not only did he deliver him over to the prison, but he, he delivered him over to the torturers, it says, for him to be tormented. And remember when Jesus, when he describes hell, he talks about hell and he says, where the fire is not quenched, and the worm dieth not, eternal torment for those who refuse or reject God. And so what do we learn here? Well, our Father in Heaven is the gracious, compassionate King who forgives. Because Jesus said in this passage, the kingdom of Heaven is like, verse 23. You see that there? The kingdom of Heaven is like a certain King. God, our Father, is the King. He's the only real King. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He is gracious, compassionate, and He forgives. Our God 
God our Father expects His children to be compassionate, gracious, and forgiving people. Forgiving. I was very fortunate as a child. My parents were very loving. They were very strict. <laughs> but when we'd be working, my father would we'd take a break every now and then, and, and as we would sit there, and I remember this lesson. I don't remember how old I was. I was just a little kid. And my father saying, I mind it. You must learn to always forgive. He said, because people who refuse to forgive fill their lives with misery. And it affects their physical life, their body. It affects their minds. And it affects their emotions. They become miserable people and they make other people miserable as well. Don't be a miserable person. Be one who forgives. It's a great lesson to learn. A great lesson that our God teaches. When relationships are strained, follow biblical steps for resolution. And the goal should not to be to put that person in their place. You know, I've had people call, call me and they say, well, you know, so-and-so said such-and-such. So-and-so did such-and-such. And, -such and, and, and uh, um, I'd like for you to go and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not my job. That's not the way it's to be done. First, you need to forgive them. Patient, gracious, compassionate forgiveness pleases God. We all talk about wanting to please God. You want to please God? Then right now, anything that you're harboring in your heart toward anyone, choose to forgive. Forgive them right now. Pray and forgive. And, and we're not talking about lip service. Because Jesus said, forgiving from the heart. The core of your being, forgive. That person who cut you off on the road, forgive. And remember that everyone is accountable to go. So here's a question. What's the status of your account? You see, because we are that servant who have been forgiven a debt that we could not pay. A debt that is impossible for us to pay. Because we are all sinners. Criminals in God's universe. You say, oh, I'm not a criminal. Yes, we're criminals in God's universe. But thanks be to God, we've been forgiven. And that forgiveness is made possible through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And stop for a moment and consider that Jesus, as we're going to sing here in a moment, Jesus is the one who paid it all. Jesus paid it all. He paid the entire penalty, the price, 
He paid it all. The innocent for the guilty. We're all like Barabbas. You say, well, I've never murdered anyone. Have you ever murdered someone's reputation by things you said about them? So right now, before we sing this hymn, I want to take a moment to have just some silent prayer. I'll bet there may be one or maybe two people who are harboring the spirit of unforgiveness toward someone. You say, well, you didn't know my parents. They were the worst parents on earth. You need to forgive them. You don't know my neighbor. There's always trash blowing into the yard from their house. Forgive me. Well, you don't know my sister. She always calls and blah, 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 blah. You need to forgive me. Well, you don't know my children. They've done this and they've done that. You need to forgive. You get the picture. So I'm going to ask Miss Ginger to go ahead and start playing this. We're not going to sing it yet, but we are going to sit here for just a little while. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and to pray. Pray and ask God to forgive you and then forgive those that you've been harboring an unforgiving spirit. So let's pray. Let's stand, please. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation.
Jesus paid it all. And maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today you can do that. A simple act of faith in prayer, asking Him, acknowledging that you are a sinner in need of His forgiveness, and acknowledging that He died upon the cross, shedding His blood to pay the penalty for your sin, that He died, was buried, that He rose up on the third day, entrust your life to Him. Or maybe you're wondering about church membership. You know the Lord is your Savior. You come as the Lord leads you. We're going to sing. As we sing, you make your decision for the Lord. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.